0: Welcome to David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. You are about to get a glimpse behind the curtain of David's massively successful income acceleration principles as he shows you how to approach your business with innovative growth strategies that are grounded in accurate thinking and result in high-end sales. And here is the man himself, David Nagel. Once again, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. If you would please rise to your feet and help me welcome your host for the next two days, David Nagel. Good
1: morning. Good morning. Life will
0: never be the same. Life All right, let's is take it,
1: Why don't you take out a sheet of paper, and I want you to write down on it, what do you want to walk away with tomorrow? When we finish tomorrow, what do you want to walk away with from this event? Doesn't have to be long, you don't need paragraphs, but what do you want? I'm just going to talk while you're writing. In February of 1993, I went to an event that was not a whole lot different than this. It was the first seminar I ever went to. And... At the time, I was driving a forklift for a food distribution company in Lyle, Illinois. And I was looking for a way out. I was looking how to really break out of where I was, really kind of stuck at my own level and had no clue how to get out of that level. And I thought to myself, when I was sitting in a room that was very similar like this, a lot of different things passed through my mind. One of them was that I was astounded by the people that were sitting next to me because I had never been in a room of people that all really wanted something different from their life and were really approaching it with the positive attitude that they were approaching it with. I had just never, never seen that. You know, I kind of came from the streets of Chicago growing up as a kid, and that wasn't the deal, you know. So, that really kind of woke me up to, there was a completely different attitude out there in the world that I had never been exposed to, and it gave me a lot of inspiration as far, and a lot of hope as far as humanity went, because when you're around people that are negative all of your life, and yet you're really not a negative person in your heart, you start to wonder, you know, every day you wake up, how the hell did you get there, right? And... I was searching for something, but I didn't know what I was searching for. Now, back around 2004, when I created the first Art of Success program, the reason that I created that program was because I was trying to draw a difference, really show people the difference between the belief system and the value system of very successful individuals, regardless of of what they're a success in, and the way that most people are raised, from basically from your upper middle class on down. And that the value system is entirely different. You hear all the time in a negative way on the news, like there's two sets of rules. There's a set of rules for the wealthy and a set of rules for everybody else. right? And they portray it in a very negative way, but in reality, it's very true. They do not operate by the same set of rules that the rest of the world operates by. And it's not that it's coming from a negative place or it's coming from a bad place or doing something wrong, although you'll find that people do wrong, it doesn't matter how much money they're making or not making. It's really coming from a place of what they were taught about what the possibility is for themselves and what's actually right or wrong and what it is that they're taught to value in life. And the biggest problem between people that want success and the people that actually achieve it in their life, that really go out there and live their purpose, is what they value. Plain and simple. It is what they value. And what I mean by that is what a person values on a day-to-day basis. And it's easy to tell what your value system is. You don't have to go through a lot of drawn-out exercises. Just look on your calendar and in your checkbook. It'll tell you what the most important things in your life are. So it doesn't really matter what a person says that they want. What matters is what they're planning for and what they're spending their time doing. And if we start to understand that if we're going to change, if we're going to do something that's remarkably different in our life than we've ever done before, we're going to have to change what we value. Now, some of you know that... I always talk about belief systems, right? And belief systems are very important. However, the underlying value foundation for any belief system is what supports that belief system. And you could have a person who has a pretty strong belief system in what they want for themselves, but their value system is completely screwed. So it does not allow them to accomplish what they want to accomplish. A person could believe that they're a success, or that they want success. They could believe in the talents that they have. They may have had some success in the past, but their value system is procrastination. Their value system is to get involved with things that do not allow them to achieve their end goal. They may have a a real crappy work ethic, let's say, right? It doesn't matter how much they believe in the other things that they want. If the value system that is really supporting that belief is entirely different, if it's out of integrity with the belief, then they don't get it. So when I ask you to write down what it is that you want, what it is that you want to walk away with, the reason that I'm asking you that question is because if you don't understand the problem, you can't find the solution. So I want you to look at what you wrote... And I want you to ask yourself, if you were to get that walking away from here, how much of a difference would it make? And if it would not make much of a difference, then you're asking for the wrong thing. Then you're looking, over the next two days, you're looking for the wrong thing out of this event. You're looking for the wrong thing. Because what most people are really focused on is they want to change the effect, but they don't want anything to do with the cause. Everybody wants the effect in their life to be different. Everybody wants the result to be different. They want their circumstances to be different. But, damn it, don't make me do anything different. Don't make me be anything different. Right? You've got to look at what is it you're valuing by what you wrote down. I mean, what you wrote down will tell you what your value system is. Plain and simple. I mean, if you really want to shortcut it, that'll tell you exactly what it is. If you're looking for the effect to change... Your value system says you don't want to spend a whole lot of time doing things that you don't like to do. You just want the result really quick. Therefore, you will not be able to see or embrace the things that will actually make the total difference in your life. And whether you're at this event or anybody else's event or whatever it is that you're doing, you'll find yourself in what is known as the perpetual search. I'm looking for something different. I want things to be different but I don't wanna have to really do anything that's different. So when we see and we hear about all these different things that we can do, we don't want any part of them because it's not part of our value system. So we immediately reject it without actually giving it much consideration. And in 1993, when I sat in that room, one of the things that I walked away with that I had never really understood before was that if I wanted a different result, I had to be a different person. If I wanted a different result, I had to be a different person. If I wanted to change my life, I had to change my life. Not one or two things. I had to change my life. Because everything in your life is supporting who you're being and the results that you're getting right now, period. Or you wouldn't be getting it. You wouldn't be getting those results. So the next question is this. What will you do with the rest of your life? From this day forward, what will you do? And the great thing is, is that we've got the power to choose to do things different at any moment in time. But it's only the things that we do consistently and persistently that actually cause a sustainable result in our life. And it's about making conscious choices all the way through. But before you do that, you've got to have... Clarity. You've got to bring some clarity into your world because most of, the, of the, the operating thoughts that you are running around with are not clear. They're not really based in cause and effect. They're really based in an illusion or what somebody else believed was cause and effect. And I'll give you an example from my own life. The year that my son, who's back there, raise your hand, Joe. Everybody say hi to Joe. That's my son. The year that Joe was born, in 1989, uh, he was born in June. In September, I was going water skiing with my family on the Illinois River. This is the Illinois River. And I got separated from the boat that day and almost lost my life. The interesting thing about it was that it was an ordinary day. It was a day just like any other day. Uh, We woke up. We knew that we were going out with my uncle on, the, on his boat. The sun was shining. The birds were chirping. We were packing a cooler, getting the kids ready, just like any other day. There was nothing in that day when we woke up this, that morning that said, today could be a catastrophe. Today, you might not come home. Today could change everything. It just seemed like an ordinary day. And over the years I've talked, I can't tell you how many people that have either had a near-death experience or lost someone very close to them, just like that, and they'll tell you that it was just an ordinary day. There were no angels flying around, nor horns trumpeting. It was just an ordinary day. And then they were there, and then they were gone. And I think that out of the whole experience that I had in my near-death experience was that for about a month afterwards, I could not get out of my mind that I was having a good time one moment and fighting for my life the next moment. I went from water skiing to facing being sucked through this dam And really believing in that moment that I was going to die. Now, I went through the gate, not where this boat. This boat got stuck in this dam in 1940. It's a big tugboat. It pulled the boat into the dam and broke it into splinters. Just totally crushed it and spit it out on the other side. There's only been like one or two other people that have actually gone through this dam and lived, and one of them is a paraplegic to this day. So I'm going, as an ordinary day. It's just an ordinary day. It's a sunny day. It's a beautiful day. It's a day to have fun. It's a day to relax. And in a split second, everything changed. Everything changed. Now, how does something like that happen? It seems to be completely arbitrary, something that just happens out of the blue that you have no control over. But the reason that I got into this predicament to begin with was based on one word, and that word is ignorance. It was what I didn't know that I didn't know that caused me to make choices that ended up in a situation where I was fighting for my life. I get separated from the boat and the current in the river is moving very fast, but it's a really wide river at this point, so it's very hard to tell that the current's moving that fast. I'm watching the boat. Everybody in the boat's watching me. Nobody's realizing how fast we're actually moving downriver. And I look over my left shoulder, and I see this sign that says, Danger, stay clear, 600 feet. And in that moment, I thought to myself, I've got to get back on the boat. And in that fast, we broke that barrier of the 600-foot line, and sirens were going off because the dam's run by the Army Corps of Engineers. And if you break past a certain barrier, all these bells and whistles go off, and people start running across the dam. And they try to throw ropes to you and stuff to get you out, but it really doesn't do much good because once that current's got you, nothing's going to stop. And instantly I was just sucked in. And then I came out the other side. And when I came out the other side, I find my, found myself doing what anybody would do, and that's trying to get to shore. But I couldn't get to shore because the current was so strong, but I didn't realize that. All I kept doing was exhausting myself, trying to do the one thing that I thought was going to save my life. And actually I was doing the wrong thing. And I kept thinking to myself, I know there's another damn two miles down this river in Ottawa, I've got to get out of the water before I get down there because I don't think I'm going to make it through another one. Especially when I pulled my hands out of the water and all the skin on my hands was peeled back from sliding down the cement and I had deep puncture wounds all over my body. So I went around a little island and as I went around this island, I managed to grab onto a branch that was hanging over the side of the water and... I started buckling my life vest to it because I was so exhausted, but the water was moving so fast I couldn't get to the island. And I started thinking to myself, I don't want to die today. I don't want to die today. But I knew that I was hurt really bad and that nobody knew where I was. As a matter of fact, everybody thought that I was still stuck in the dam. And here I am, a quarter of a mile down the river, holding onto this branch. And as I was thinking to myself, I don't want to die today, you find yourself praying and say, God, please don't let me die today. And instantaneously, just like that, a picture of my son's face flashed on the screen of my mind. And I realized in that moment that if I died that day, I left him, his sister, and his mom with nothing. Nothing. And the reason that I left him with nothing was because I had done nothing. I had done nothing. All we had was debt. We were basically living on welfare government assistance in a terrible neighborhood with no way that seemed like a clear path to get out because I made all kinds of poor choices up to that point. This seemed like the entire culmination of just years and years of making nothing but poor choices in my life with no way out. And I realized hanging from that branch that What got me into this situation, overall, the reason that I didn't do things, the reason that I was stuck working on a dock driving a forklift, the reason that we were living next door to a drug dealer, was because I couldn't seem to get myself to do the things that I consciously knew that I should be doing, but I was doing something else. Why? Because I had a different value system. So I valued going out with my buddies during the day and getting high versus staying in school, figuring out ways I could cut class and not get caught versus doing my homework. I valued quitting school versus staying in and correcting the problem that I had. So running away was much easier than actually following through. And I could just go on all day with it. My value system was a value system that was only gonna produce failure. It was just when. That was the only question. Not was it or wasn't it, it was when is it gonna produce the failure? It could not end up but anything but disaster. And here I am, hanging from a tree, thinking to myself, if I could get another chance, if I could just have another do-over, right? I could change this. I could, I could totally change everything if I could have one more chance. So I got that chance. I got the chance to do it right. But I still had, and this is probably the most important part of the story, and I, of course I didn't realize it at the time because I was, I was so ignorant. And you'll see that as we go through, I'll point this out as we go through the lessons that we're going to go through over the next two days. I had to start where I was. I could not start where I wanted to be. And you need to write that down. You've got to start where you are. You cannot start where you want to be. I don't care how much you don't like where you are or how much you think you deserve to be someplace else. You can only start where you are. And the problem is, is our mind is so filled with about where we think we're supposed to be, what we're entitled—well, you're not entitled to anything. Nothing. You only get what you earn. And that's it. If you don't earn it, you shouldn't get it. But I'll just give you an idea what my mindset was like. I thought because I went, I got sucked through this dam, that I had a near-death experience, that I broke my back, that I had all this misery, that God was going to part the clouds in the heavens and come down and go, ah! "Here's an opportunity." You've paid your dues. And my back healed and my hands healed. And I went back to work and nothing changed. So I found myself getting more angry than I was before I got sucked through the dam. I'm like, what the f- is going on? This is crazy. Something's supposed to change now. But see, I didn't, still didn't understand. Even after going through that, I did not understand that I was the one that was supposed to change that I needed to think different, that I needed to do something different. I didn't get that. And I'm waiting for something outside of myself to change. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And because it's getting worse, and because I have this part of me that is so ignorant that doesn't understand how the laws of the universe operate, I don't know what to change. I'm like confounded. I'm completely stumped. I'm going to work every day going, I I just don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. But what it was telling me, and I didn't even understand this, was that I believed that some kind of magic was going to happen, that some kind of divine intervention was going to happen, that something was going to happen because I wanted it to happen, because I wanted it to be different. That's what my behavior was showing. Even though if you had asked me at the time, do you really believe that that's going to happen, I probably would have logically said to you, no, I don't believe that that's going to happen. But I still did not understand at a deep level that I needed to make a change. So the higher side of myself one night kind of intervened. I was having a total emotional breakdown in the back of a trailer while I was loading potato chips one night. I was exhausted, I was cold, and I was angry. And his little voice in my head said, change your attitude. Change your attitude. And the funny thing is, is that I had been hearing that since I was a little kid, but I didn't know what it meant. I really did not know what an attitude was. So I thought to myself, well, maybe I better, maybe I better look at this. And I remember having this argument with myself in the back of the trailer. And the argument was, well, I've tried everything else. I'm going to try, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my attitude and see if that actually makes a difference. And this other part of my mind going, you've never changed a damn thing in your life. What the hell makes you think you're going to change your attitude? You can barely change your underwear. And just going back and forth and back and forth in my head as to whether I was actually going to do this or not. But I did. I stuck with it. And to my amazement, in 30 days, everything began to change. I went from 20,000 a year to 62,000 in 30 days. And I was so floored by the change that happened because I changed three simple things within my attitude, which basically changed how I viewed the circumstances that I was living in, that it said to me, I want to study. I want to figure out how this is possible, because the one thing I do know is that this is not some mystical thing that's actually going on. I don't believe in luck. I believe that somehow I caused this. I just don't know how I caused it. How could I go for all of my life with nothing and then almost instantly make one change in how I'm thinking and go for, excuse me, go from 20,000 a year to 62,000? How can that possibly happen? So I want you to think about what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Because it was from that moment, it really started in that experience that I had hanging from that tree, that the, my decision-making process began to change. So 20000 went to 62000 62000 went then to 62000 a month in income. 62,000 a month, then went over a million. And then a million just kept growing and growing and growing. And it just doesn't ever change. It doesn't stop. But you have to ask yourself, what do I really want? Because if you're asking for the right thing, you'll get direction. If you're asking for the wrong thing, you'll get confusion. What do you really want?
0: That's it for this episode of David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. If you're a business owner who's hearing more no's from ideal clients than expected, go now to www.salesstrategyreview.com to claim a complimentary one-on-one session with one of David's trained sales coaches and learn what you can do right now to accelerate your sales and income. We trust you enjoyed this edition of David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. And until next time, just believe.